0: James Jordan, Michael
1: Wallace, the
2: Eggman and the American Damon Sawyer
0: coming at you for yet another edition of the Wide World of Motorsports podcast on CFMH 107.3 local FM in St. John, New Brunswick, CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, and on the Performance Motorsports Network app on your smart device. We're also streaming on all streaming platforms, and we're also on all social medias, especially Facebook. Not really doing the X much.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, whatever. No,
0: whatever not happened at all, there. Uh, Insta though, um, but also as the seasons getting slower, we're trying to find some other stuff to uh, to to cover. So we're we're gonna, especially next season so <laughs> we're yeah. gonna figure some yeah. stuff out uh we want to hear, we, we hear from you we all want to hear from you and give us some feedback on maybe what you want to hear covered on the show or if you are a race car driver or we're we're kind of pos people have been reaching out to us and we just we need to actually
1: uh i, I did notice that other one and back. we should actually kind of <laughs> thank you for the that people <laughs> that
0: do reach out to us and try to who are race car drivers and I don't and feel like
1: it's from the pod. I, I don't know where they get the email from, but. Well, when we say
0: it on air here, WideWorldofMotorsports at gmail.com. Or you're right. Yes. Through I our mean, social media page. Definitely at the somebody WWMS. from the. It's on our Facebook. Or, it, it, it is out there. Um,
1: TCA.
0: What are you doing? Winner. On our website? Cool. <laughs> are you going? Are you okay? Back on planet Earth here, Wallace. Uh, our website that's defunct, the Wide World of Motorsports And also, going back to it here, you know, if you want to help us out to, to not have a defunct website, there's ways you can. Just contact us through one of those, those, those mediums of media. Is that how it goes? I don't know. We're here for know. episode six. Sorry, episode 37 for season six, recorded to you for the week of October 29th, 2023. And we're just, uh, we're having a good time here, getting to the end of some of the race seasons here. And also last couple of weeks, we've been, uh, someone's been out of the show. So now we're all back. The, we got oh. full force here. On the WOMS, we got Damon back from his trip, and he. Uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit. And also on the show, we got Eggman's Untitled segment for F1. And we'll also talk a bit about the NASCAR season coming to an end. And we also, I, we gotta get to the Dirt Sheets, folks. Our, our special segment called Dirt Sheets, a little bit of a throw to the wrestling world, which... There's something coming up for my wrestling podcast, The Wide World of Wrestling. Check that out. Ooh. Shameless plug. Um, oh yeah, and we'll we'll uh, we'll so yeah. So dirt sheets, kind of what uh, you would you would consider. You would go on the internet back in the '90s and current day, and you kind of hear about behind the scenes stuff that isn't you're not supposed to know. So we we got that at the end of the show. Uh, but first, hey! With speaking of new and cool stuff going on, we got to get him some radio time here. No, that's not an official deal. That's that's just through the podcast. Actually, uh, we are we got uh, we, we're we're getting a clean slate, Wallace.
1: Oh yes, check a that clean out. Clean slate. Where do you check
0: that yeah. out? Just on your social, or there will be a yeah. Social you can coming just look it up. That.
1: It's clean slate tile. Yeah, um, yeah to the show, my new business. Yeah, just doing my own thing allows me to be a little more in control of my time and so right. I can be at home a little bit more or I can, can be watch on the some road racing. a little bit more to cover races. And yeah, of course. People, uh of you're course, talking so.
0: about the NASCAR classics YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, actually I've been just kinda I've just had the bug of racing, right? We're only getting about two races, maybe three. This weekend will be a little busier, but <clears throat> a week where we were getting bombarded with racing earlier in the season. So um, I'm a, I'm a sucker for old racing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll watch some old IndyCar stuff or IMSA stuff or Formula One stuff. But I just, I know that NASCAR puts out a lot of their older uh, races. <laughs> I'm not talking, you know, 60s, 70s. I'm from... For me, I'm just kind of going back to what I remember: early 2000s to about 2018 mm. is, and even even a little bit earlier. But uh, I like looking at some of those older races. So watch some some Atlanta and Martinsville and Phoenix, old Phoenix and stuff like that. So it's a it's cool actually you check it out in legitimate Classics quality
0: too because those are from the yeah. archives those are remastered oh they're from.
1: broadcast they're race broadcasts. Yep. no commercials so so every commercial break is just cut out which is actually fantastic and that's pretty legit right too
0: it's and they, they yeah. keep uploading them and and uh, but that throws me back to about yeah 10 12 years ago just uh i was at that point i was yeah, I was into NASCAR, but I was getting into it. Like, I was look, I wanted, yeah, that's when I was looking up some of those uh, classic races and, and some of the history behind That's when I was like, this is this is my thing. So I was looking into uh, early uploads of raw satellite feeds, because back in the day you had a big satellite dish, folks, people out there that don't know what that is, or do know what that is. You remember those big dishes in your backyard? Well, you'd be able to get transmissions from out of space ship to ship. I mean, captain Kirk, Captain Spup, I don't know. But yeah, so you could pick up these raw satellite feeds. And, uh, if you had a tuner or whatever, you could, you could get a lot of different kinds of channels and, uh, I think a lot of racing, especially NASCAR was notorious for having these live raw feeds that you could catch. And then during commercial break, they would, you could hear them talk and, and all that stuff. And, this was back in the '80s and '90s as well, so that obviously ended up becoming a little bit more uncommon through the years since we got digital cable and streaming. But yeah, like you could catch some of those raw, those raw feeds or whatever else. Like pe- people had something on their VHS that they uploaded, or that's how you. That's kind of how you had to watch it, and that's really cool. Same with I remember seeing with the Cascar and NASCAR Canadian Tire series at the time. That was yeah. also how I was able to. <laughs> was it a young Adam Ross and Dave Bradley or whoever else was on it back then? You see these young guys up on yeah. the <laughs> young young Andrew Ranger and the Tide or whatever.
1: Good times. Yeah. Right? Well, it's cool and it is really cool to do to look at those old Cascar Super Series. You'll get the East, the West, then and the and the whole Hopefully thing. Hopefully, those get, to get, to get here. get official some classics. Hopefully awesome. so that's some cool.
0: official upload. Yeah. But that's really yeah, that throws me back a bit. And hey, speaking of that, let's go through let's go to a throwback a little bit here. Let's go to our spotlight segment that we usually like to do in our shows where we take a driver number that correlates to the episode number. So this is episode thirty seven. And we're gonna go right, boys, because I always get it wrong Get it wrong at the every show. <clears throat> but yeah, so Crowley yikes began. yeah so let's get into this one here who wants to go first
1: um I'll go I'll go first took a bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> I oh uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna go with uh IndyCar Ace Mr Tom Edsel sneva uh Tom drove I think eight times total in the Cup series but at this particular time he drove I guess 3 races he's actually credited with but it was 4 cuz I guess one was the must have been the clash or something the 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 race before the 500 uh so he raced twice at Daytona he did Richmond and Atlanta in 1982 for a team called Rogers Racing in a Buick and I tried to look up some stuff about Rogers Racing and I really couldn't find a whole lot about them they only really raced 80 81 No, 81, 82, 83. But Tom is best known for his IndyCar accolades, really. You know, he was the 1983 Indy 500 winner. The 1977 Pocono 500 winner. Back in the day, that kind of race, like the Pocono 500, was a big deal for IndyCar. Those were, (laughs) I couldn't imagine that type of race in one of those cars back then. That would have been... uh, that would have been a grueling, grueling race, and he had two USAC champion championships in '77 and '78. Uh, you know, he drove for teams and and uh, owners like Penske, and uh, different. You know, he he raced a bunch of different uh, ra- uh, cars in in uh, in IMSA series style racing with a bunch of other different great road racers like that that would have raced in those eras as well. But uh yeah, I always like picking out the guys that um, just kinda the the indie the old indie car guys that would come into NASCAR, they wouldn't always do that great. I think his best finish was ever in his career was a top fifteen. Uh, but it was very, very different. Uh, but, you know, Sneva Graduated from Eastern Washington State College and uh, got a degree in math, mathematics. So pretty, pretty, pretty smart guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking at some of his cars here. His his Indianapolis 500 car is absolutely stunning. Uh, It is a, I'm sure it's a Penske. It's beautiful. I love that era, that 80s era cars. They were, they're pretty, they're pretty wild. And, you know, it's kind of cool to look at this and think about this and, and think about, you know, Kyle Larson heading to Indy next year. And we're coming off him doing his rookie orientation and whatnot. So, yeah, number 37, not a very popular number, although there's a lot of drivers who drove that number. But it's not a pretty number. We've had this discussion before about good-looking numbers. 37 just just really isn't that in my opinion, a good-looking number. Uh, but I'm a weirdo. I just so I
0: like it. I like it. I like yeah. it. It's good. Uh, who's next? I'll go. Yeah.
3: So, pulling from the depths of the obs- obscurity once again, I went with former NASCAR Cup Series driver and, indeed, NASCAR bust, Loy Allen Jr. Who? Exactly, <laughs> Loy Allen Jr. So sounds
1: like a perfect Wams pick. Love it.
3: <laughs> so Loy Allen Jr. What had his rookie year was 1993, in which he drove the number 37 Ford for his father's race team, being Loy Allen Senior. Obviously, he only ran seven races that year, D and Qing wow. from three of them. Two. Yeah, he did not qualify for Michigan, North Wilkesboro, or Charlotte. He did, however, run the summer Daytona race, followed by Talladega, uh, Rockingham, and Atlanta, with a best finish of 26th position.
1: He did pick easy tracks, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> no, he sure didn't. Um, so... I picked this guy for a v- pretty interesting reason, actually. So because I'm weird and because my older brother is also weird, <laughs> um, I actually have the uh, passenger side headlight section from Loy and Junior's Atlanta car in 1993 on my wall.
1: Yeah, that's weird. That, that's weird. That's cool. weird, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of weird. I'll, I'll send you guys <laughs> no, a picture of it later. Cool. It's, it's chilling on my wall right now. <laughs> no, it's, yes, you're right. It's cool, but it's just it's funny. That's kind of. What
0: do you got to uh, yeah. hate? No, I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> I'm not hate. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> um When I say Loy Allen Jr. was a NASCAR bust, I am not kidding. Uh He did run one full-time season, if you can call it that, uh the next year for TriStar Motorsports. But if you look at his results, he did not qualify for over half of the races that year,
1: yeah, and uh,
3: did did not finish higher. Well, he did he did squeak out an eleventh place finish at Charlotte that year. But that is that is it. One full time sort of season, uh, a smattering of races thereafter. But he uh, he is a bust. And if you feel the Urge to learn more about this nobody that no one's ever heard of. Uh, Black Fla- Black Flags Matter on YouTube has done a video about it, so I highly recommend you go check that video out because it is pretty interesting.
1: Wow, yeah. Maybe we'll share that the
0: WAMS page, and then uh, people can uh, check that out through there. Um, nice pick there, and then Damon. What do you got?
2: Yeah, I was in just real quick. I was going to credit Black Flags Matter if. Old well, Eggman wasn't going to either. Cause that's all I could think of when he said Loyal Jones. Like, yeah, that's a that's a good video. Either won a poll or he failed to qualify, it seemed like, for all of his races in that 94 season. '93. Yeah, 1994,
3: that. he actually was on poll for the Daytona 500, but finished 22nd. <laughs>
2: Which, uh, wow. which it does be like that. So my driver is another, I don't know if you'd consider him a boss, but in the late 90s, early 2000s, he had a couple decent rides. He drove the 16 car for Rouse Racing. He also had driven the number four Morgan McClure motorsports car. But the year we are discussing is 2005. This driver started the year in a lime green Patron Tequila-sponsored number 37 Dodge. I, of course, have made a reference wow. to this car in previous seasons. We are talking about Shelbourne, Vermont's Kevin LePage. Good poll! <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Kevin, in uh, this team called RJ Motorsports, which was not quite a start-and-park team, but they were definitely an underfunded team that just kind of tried to compete where and when they could, Kevin gave them a top three finish in their Budweiser duel event, which gave them a eight place starting spot in the great American race. They followed that up with a ninth place finish, which really got their season kicked off. Their finishes afterwards were back twenties, early thirties, which for when they had, 43 car fields, and we're sending cars home. Really, that's not terrible for a, for yeah. basically a brand new, super underfunded team. Patron was on the car a couple times, and mostly it was a blank white car. The notable race for Kevin, other than the Daytona 500 that year, was actually the All Star race and the following coca-cola 600 they drove a underdog themed car which i guess underdog was kind of like deputy dog or another like i think it was like a superhero dog cartoon Mm -hmm. guy Mm -hmm. and they did okay in the all-star race but they actually finished 12th in the Coca Cola 600, the longest race of the season. And these guys, and it wasn't like half the field wrecked, they actually got that uh, position on merit. So those were the two notable races for the year with Kevin in them. After race 22, he was replaced by Ferrari Challenge and instru- driving instructor Anthony Lazaro for the Watkins Glen race. Then Tony Raines took over the car at Michigan race 23. That was the race. I think I've also made a mention to that. They were sponsored by a poker website. They got out front with like 10, 15 laps to go. They were claiming they had enough fuel to make it the whole way. They ended up running out with like eight laps left. So that didn't go too well. And the finishes really didn't change much. Then they end up having two more drivers at the end of the year. But 2005, the first half of the year, Not really a bad start for a new team. They kind of changed hands going forward, and then they kind of just faded into obscurity. I think they somehow got melded into what is now Front Row Motorsports, and they had a bunch of random cars, 37, 61, 92, if anyone remembers all those. 2005, Kevin LePage, probably his best year to be remembered for, better than that. Then When he crashed the whole field at Talladega in that yeah. bush race, and I don't remember what year it for, was
3: forever spawning the ter- the verb being LePage,
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that's a good poll with the Anthony Lazaro. I saw that I've watched him, uh, probably him and his son. I'm pretty sure his son races uh, Porsche Cop for a while in IMSA. So. yeah, he's been all over, so that's pretty
2: cool. But, uh, but, yeah, that's my spotlight driver for this, for number 37 on the year, Kevin LePage. Nice,
0: <laughs> nice, nice. I, um, this Very one, nice. this one is tough. We weren't able to find so much info on this as I'd like, but I wanted to keep it, uh, Canadian contents oriented here. The number 37 <clears throat> in Ontario can go back a little bit for some of the people out there who remember, Harry Sittler was from St. Catharines, and he did a lot of racing at Merrittville and Ransomville. And he also did some racing um, around the border here here and there in mod- uh, modified divisions from late models. So he raced a, f- a few different decades here. I think we're eating five decades. He- and he raced the 37 and Canadian Tire because he was also a mechanic at a canadian tire which had a little bit more on him though but you can check out an awesome article on meritvillememories.com memories.com and there will be a article there on harry and uh, you can read up more about him there all right let's get on with some other stuff going on here uh damon you were away a little bit there you had a good uh a good little vacay and uh yeah, you you, uh, you you came back into the sober world and ca- caught up on some racing. <laughs> he was cider-tasting, folks.
2: Yeah, well, was, the purpose of the trip was to meet up with some of my high school friends who we hadn't all gotten together. As you were in a high school? In years. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, I wouldn't count myself to, you know, properly count to five some days, but, yeah, I got the, I got the degree and everything, man. Nice.
0: No, get it. <laughs> I was like, he, "Are you currently in high school?" <laughs> no.
1: Jordan can't uh, count to nine apparently. Two. One, two, three. No.
0: Yeah, so you ha- you had a good trip. You had a good time. You uh, you were able to come back and. What's what's going on with the supercars you were? Uh,
2: talking oh yeah. Off air. Yeah. So here's, is this, a, is this the first time we've talked about Australian supercars on this show? I'm going to guess. I guess might be. So, for anyone listening through the, you know, the preferred podcast app in the U.S., if you have Motor Trend on Demand, you can watch all the races live, the Repco Australian Supercars series. You can go on to their YouTubes or their Facebook, and they have their pretty decent recaps over uh, you know 2 a.m start time for races isn't quite your thing so i think a lot of americans and probably a lot of people in north america in general who kind of follow nascar have picked up a bit more interest with all the svg uh hublub from yeah. him winning you know in <laughs> yeah. chicago and then that top 10 in indianapolis and then what didn't get any like real traction was the other Supercar driver who raced a NASCAR race this year, Brody Kostecki, who is actually yeah. the points leader going into the final few races mm. of the championship. So, just yeah, like he's NASCAR, hot odd too,
1: too. He's, he, he's top notch.
2: Absolutely. He actually did a stint in the Canon Easter Western. He's one of those two back in the mid 2010s. So, he actually did have a little bit of NASCAR experience before going back, back home, per se. So, as it's probably been mentioned i believe svg has mentioned this if you're unaware or if you do follow the series you know that recently they changed their cars completely part Mm -hmm. of it was the change in australia where they don't have holden as a manufacturer anymore chevrolet has now is now badging the cars built in australia as chevy's so they in terms of that and they also kind of change the entire formula of their cars they're now somewhere in the mics of like a gt3 style Mustang and Camaro the Ford team has the Ford cars have struggled to put it lightly it was I believe at the beginning of the year Chevy was concerned that Ford was going to dominate yeah coming in because
1: this... they they redid the Ford and that's when we saw um Scott McLaughlin dominate with Pensky, and um, I can't remember the team they teamed up with. It was there. Dick,
2: Dick Johnson, Shell V-Power. That's
1: right. Yeah. So, but, and that, it, it, the the Mustangs were super dominant compared to the the Valk Vo- wow. Vo- Holdens at the time. So it's interesting that it's kind of flipped. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
2: Oh, oh no, you're good. You're good. So I think part of the reason why. That team was so good with all the Penske money. Once Scott McLaughlin left, serious to go to Indy, it was just Dick Johnson racing with with Shell, and they have they dropped off the map last just last year before they changed to the new cars. But this year they changed to the new cars. coming into this weekend at Gold Coast, or better known as Surfers Paradise.
1: Oh, what a cool track! Yeah, oh, I love man. I watched that this week. I watched the highlights. Oh. It's just as, it's not quite as
2: good as it was back in the Champ Car days, but it's still beautiful. Just oh, right, man. yeah. I'm gonna take a vacation there. But coming right? into this race weekend, races 25, 26, Ford had won two races. There was a big hubbub going into their Daytona five hundred that Bathurst recently that they wanted to make some changes. The governing body said no. There was there was almost a protest. But anyway, Ford came in. And I don't know what you know. I don't know what if the, the track had something to do. I think they did finally be able to put a couple updates into the cars. But Ford finally showed up. They swept both races this weekend. They had Cam Waters driving the Tickford Monster Energy Ford. He just beat out SVG. Race one. Race two was won by David Reynolds in the Penrite Grove Racing Mustang, just beating out points leader Brody Kostecki. Both races were won with a small margin of error, just or margin of victory, one one to two car lengths of that. So fans got treated to two very good event races. There was a little bit of controversy with David Reynolds' win because if you remember. Uh, the there's two sections of the track that are basically like chicane's that you can cut very easily but it seems yeah. that they don't have a corner cutting penalty if you were getting loose into the braking for those chicane's and on the last lap you can clearly see David's car get loose and then he he cuts through the chicane but some people are saying he wasn't loose enough to warrant such so a big cut but the, well they the have that other just...
1: section too where they had that gentleman's agreement if you were ahead by the 150 board um the other car had to back out and we saw a penalty for for a driver and it was really by like maybe a foot too so hard to blame him but it's a tight track yeah.
2: yeah yeah and, and the australian motoring body they don't screw around they are very strict on a lot of things so they're they're throwing penalties out left right center you think nascar you think the nfl's refs are strict you haven't seen anything <laughs> until you've watched Australian motorsports body throw out penalties. They they love it. That's part of the reason why SVG wants to get out of Australian supercars, because they are so strict. But anyway, even if they had taken the win away from David Reynolds, the, the point is Ford finally had a decent weekend. They had two cars on the podium, both races. Is, so I would say this has been a successful weekend for them. Hopefully, they can continue, because the last thing that series needs is for one of their two manufacturers to back out because they've been struggling. So hopefully, this is the boost that they need that to keep them going and give them confidence going through the rest of the year. So we'll we'll see on that.
0: We'll we'll have to keep well, an eye that's... on that to, uh, in that world for the next few weeks when that uh, season wraps up. Even though it's a little late getting in, a little late getting in on that, but it sounds really interesting.
1: That's a good series.
0: Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I remember years ago it it, uh, it was picking up. It was getting really good
1: there. Um, okay. EW screaming like a girl. Yeah, right.
0: Uh, okay. So let's stick on that side of the world here. Let's go over to which which we're gonna probably end up going with the name we last week. The last couple episodes, I believe, uh, we've been trying to figure out a name for the show. Now, I don't know if this is what we're going to settle on officially, permanently. But for now, maybe, maybe, maybe permanently. Until someone comes up with a better name, they can add us on social media at the WWOMS. Um, yeah, people want to, uh, want to send us some suggestions that are better than, quote unquote, the Eggman's. Untitled F1 segment. I believe that's what we're going with.
3: Yeah. I mean, it It seems to work just fine. It, it's gonna.
0: It's gonna here. Gets the point across anyway. It does. Let's, so let's
1: it's get It's funny into- that... It's also funny that you go, we'll stay with that side of the world. They raced in Mexico.
3: Except they were in Mexico. So. <laughs> 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 Hemisphere.
1: Nope. Uh, no. No?
3: Yeah wrong (laughs) Mexico's north of the equator there buddy
0: I love geography too I don't know how I thought of that one (laughs) Um, how how north Mexico is this what's going on doesn't Mexico Mexico pretty oh that's not bad so what happened uh, I I did see some kerfuffle in the crowd there was a fight between some fans because of Something that happened early on in the race. I don't know why there was a fight, but there was.
1: Um, <laughs> very NASCAR of them.
3: It's, that is very NASCAR of them. They're learning. Did they
0: see it? I, I didn't, see the, I didn't fight, see the actually. fight, actually. No. You're I can actually, only assume... That. They're uh, very the passionate home- about their hometown drivers. I, was, I could only <laughs>
3: assume that somebody was angry that... Sergio Perez was out on lap one, mm-hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> even though it was his own fault. And Charles Leclerc did not do anything wrong at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it must have been someone. It must have been a Leclerc fan getting beat up.
2: Yes. So, so actually, <laughs> it, was, it was a Ferrari fan. It was it was OK. Ferrari fans just just wearing Ferrari outfits got jumped by people in Red Bull <laughs> gear. And oh, people, that's a good look.
1: Yeah. Well, isn't it? That-
2: there's, there's a reason why you know, NASCAR doesn't want to go back to Mexico City, and there's a reason why there's a big thing with the paddock and a lot of the drivers complaining about fans having too much access to the paddock. Right. It all kind of stemmed from uh, the Mexico City race last year. As, as someone just put it, they are passionate. That's a that's one way to put it. They mm-hmm. They are very passionate. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, and, yeah. on that note, so the only real notable thing from qualifying is that Lando Norris had a lap time deleted in Q one, which made him miss Q two and start the Grand Prix from P nineteen, which is not ideal. But uh moving on to the race, there's one thing I can say, it was dusty as heck, guys. Yeah, it was. If you were offline by just a little bit, you were making you were smoke screening the rest of the rest of the field it was nuts but uh this also had the adver- an adverse effect on traction which we also saw several times during the race uh so like i mentioned and alluded to earlier uh, hometown man sergio perez tried to be a hero on turn 1 lap 1 uh going around the outside of charles leclerc but what he did, what he was unaware of, is that his teammate Max Verstappen was inside of Charles Leclerc, and they were three wide. And when Checkout tried to turn in, there was nowhere for Charles Leclerc to go. So he suffered sidepod and suspension damage and was out of the race as quickly as it had started. So that is, like I said, probably why the. Uh, Red Bull faithful were a little upset with <laughs> with with uh just people wearing red, I guess.
2: They were seeing red. Those bulls, man. That's get what,
0: you. that's that's what we're taking from F one races now. Like just cause it's so the championship is so called already and there's it's like Max is winning so much and and you know it's what what this is what's going on. This is there's what we're getting excited nugget, about.
2: There's one nugget to get excited about, which which Eggman, I'm sure will will feed us in next about the return of a driver.
3: Yes, that is coming down the pike. But as previously mentioned, Lando started from P19, and he was driving his tail off all race long. <clears throat> Uh, surging all the way up to P5 by the end of the race, which is a remarkable recovery on a track with, uh, I'll say, limited overtaking opportunities. There, It's not like Monaco or anything, but it is it's pretty difficult to pass, especially with the dust.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, <clears throat> uh, later on in the race, uh, Kevin Magnuson driving for my favorite team. Which is sad in and of itself, but uh, (laughs) but uh, my favorite team Haas F1 suffered a catastrophic Haas suffered a catastrophic left rear suspension failure in the middle of a high speed chicane, which uh, caused him to lose control and hit the wall significantly hard. It was It was really. It was really bad. I'm really happy to see him Mm. hop out of that thing and walk away but that did prompt a red flag and a subsequent red flag restart which shook things up and almost took a couple we,
1: of guys out of the race can we talk about that for a second because that was something that i i i was thinking about when i saw it what how do you feel about that full-on restart of a race after a red flag. I don't know if I really like it. I kind of feel it completely unnecessary and just really asking for, for trouble, but yeah, I don't, I don't you're know. Not,
3: you're not wrong. Um, but I don't really know how else they would do it. First of all, under normal circumstances, I don't really think that that, if that crash had happened anywhere on the, in the circuit, then it did. I don't think it would have been a red flag because Mm. Kevin opted out of the car right away and jumped over the wall. He was gone. And I would assume they would have just picked it up with the crane. And it's a long enough circuit that once the field goes through, you can clean up pretty significantly until they're back. So if it had not happened, if he was not sitting at the exit of a high speed chicane, I think it would have been probably not even a red flag but I don't know if they would do... They can't really do a flying restart or anything like that, so I don't know how they would handle uh, red flag restarts other than how they do it.
1: Probably. I I would think much like they do in NASCAR, right? They all pull into the pit... Well, for them, they all pull in the pit lane, they get all hooked up and then they follow out the safety car and then they just would, you know,
3: I suppose they could do pretty much like a safety car restart.
1: Yeah. Safety car restart. Um, I'm not sure. Like I have my, my suspicion as to why they do it the way they do it. It obviously, it creates more drama. Same idea as the, um, as the, the green, white checkers, uh, yeah, which I should actually, we should talk about when we get to that, that we have not seen a lot of those this year. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it always kind of bugged me that re, those type of restarts. But anyways, continue. I just wanted to talk and see what you got your thought on that.
3: So yeah, that, red, that restart was, compared to the start of the race, fairly uneventful your typical jockeying for position and taking sketchy corners trying to get positions, but, uh, nobody wrecked. Nobody did anything like that. Uh, at some point in the race, don't remember exactly when it was, uh, Yuki tried to go around one of the McLarens and absolutely overshot turn one and had one of his trademark Yuki explosions on the radio. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, he got hit. He, he and Piastri made contact.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, that, that's true, but he probably should have just chilled and just taken the corner normal, and he probably wouldn't have had any issue and may well have gotten past Oscar Piastri. But, uh, of course, obviously, not a surprise to anybody. Max Verstappen won the race.
0: Um, <gasps> I know, gasp.
3: <laughs> gasp. Um, Lewis Hamilton in P2, Charlotte Claire in P3. Winning. Other notable finishers. Daniel Ricciardo in his second race back for AlphaTauri bringing home a P7, which is awesome for those of us that are Danny Rick fans. did uh, some. <laughs> uh, the other two notables I have down is Alex Albin finishing P9 in the Williams, which is a pretty decent task in and of itself, and Esteban Ocon in P10. But like I said, it was it was a good race. I like the Mexico City circuit, uh, but there was not a lot of what I would call newsworthy moments. Anyone
0: back in points? Uh,
1: not really. No, not nothing it's, like that
0: at all. No,
1: no, nah. nah. It's a pretty. It's kind of in that sense of it. It's pretty almost. I'm sure there's some p- spots to be had by drivers, but hmm. you know they. Mexico is a great track. It, it was cool. I remember when um, uh, Xfinity went there, and then you know Champ Car used to race there. Same track, and the 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 section where they come through the um, the stadium used to be very different. I, I actually liked how it was before because there was still grass. Uh, um, yeah, I don't like, that. like I mean, Xfinity. I don't like how.
3: I don't like how slow the stadium section is now. Yeah, uh, it's I, slow. I, and it's I think tight. Th- they could reconfigure it to not have that hairpin in it, and it would probably be fine. Go to an F one race, see them go by fast. You, yeah, you saw that meme too, huh?
0: <laughs> hey, screw you! No. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, hey. Well, um, I mean, talking about talking about
1: seeing how. Uh, Watching something go slow on a on a tight corner. Uh we were at Martinsville. This flawless past weekend flawless for, segue. For uh <laughs> for Cup and Xfinity. Uh, yeah. trucks is all set up for for um for Phoenix with oof I'm not prepared for this one. Uh sorry, right, I'll look it up.
2: Horry our... uh, finger uh, and Ben Rhodes, I believe.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, that's set up for, for what are they racing? Friday night for that. So, that'll be interesting. Maybe um, I have a feeling it's going to be a, a, spin, a push to win or spin to win. I can't don't know what you guys think.
0: Over. I can't believe that's it. That's it. It's over. It's done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I... One of the races, yeah. there will be some sort of, uh, yeah, there's got to be.
1: But let's talk about Xfinity uh, at at uh, Martinsville this past weekend. Uh, quickly, there's obviously some some uh, dirt sheets worthy news, but we'll talk about it because it's been out in the open between. Um, uh, Sheldon Creed and Austin Austin Hill and RCR Racing. Um uh, what do you guys think? What do you what do you what do you think about that move that Sheldon made if if you want to call it a move.
3: So I have a perspective on this one.
1: So um
3: the way the points were and the way the green white checker was going to work out is that if Sheldon Creed won and Austin Hill ran second. There was a okay to decent chance that both Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed were going to make the championship four because mm-hmm. Austin Hill was only down one point to Cole Custer when he was in second place, and it was a restart, so Cole Custer could have had any number of things happen that would have lost in that position. So mm-hmm. that so there's that. So like I told, like I I messaged you, or no, I told you when we were I online late, late, later that day is in about half a lap it went from the possibility of two RCR cars racing for a championship to no RCR cars racing a championship mm-hmm. because of I'm gonna call it a lack of gamesmanship on the part of both RCR drivers. But I that that's kind of that's kind of my, my point of view is if I'm Sheldon Creed, you gotta win to get in a race for a championship. I'm making that move 10 yeah. times out of 10
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so that's that's what I don't understand why anybody's mad. RC's mad because Sheldon's leaving and and he doesn't like him so that's why he's mad at him. but yeah, I don't understand why we sit move. there and you listen to you listen to all the media people and everybody and you gotta you gotta do what, and all the owners want you to do whatever it takes to win. And then this guy does whatever it takes to try to win, and and he's it's getting crapped all over because Austin remember Austin dared him going into the corner, run. on the green flag. It's weird. So it's it, weird it, where
0: that middle ground is in NASCAR and in racing. Because I look last year, or so
1: because I was looking at even like Bubba and Denny racing each other at martinsville and i'm thinking well bubba's not even in the championship chase does he let him go and in my head i'm going he can't let him go because that's not what he gets paid to do but then it'll be well he's a toyota and he's running for the championship and he's your boss but you know it doesn't isn't all that stuff supposed to not matter when you get on the racetrack?
3: Every driver in every series at every track in every state in the country wants to win every race. You don't go out there with the hopes of helping your teammate or your boss or whoever make the championship or win a championship or win the race. You get in that car and you start your engine to go and win the race unless you're a Rick Ware car. But like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, well, yes. Well. Yeah. There's got to be someone up in the tower or there's got to be a power that be that will say, hey, you're on an alliance here, buddy. Bucko, you need to do you need to do this. You need to do that. That's that's got to be a thing. um, No doubt. Uh,
1: Oh, no doubt. I mean, team orders is something that we've seen and. In in Formula One for years, it was illegal for a while. Then it wasn't, and then team orders, whether we like it or not, happens in NASCAR. It happens in all yep. in all motorsports. But
0: how about this? Uh, team Penske's Ryan Blaney was the runner-up at uh, Homestead. Then on Martinsville, he comes through. He uh, that was real cool. Uh, it's kind of like a home. Home, it is. It is basically his home track. It is his home race. So, um, him getting a grandfather clock and putting himself into the championship four,
1: and yeah, going to going to a track that he he, he dominated at last year, right? Yeah. That he, other than that,
0: though, he's been a little iffy at Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, he could he could continue that dominance on this weekend. I feel like he's gonna. Mm-hmm.
3: I feel I like was, he has the momentum for sure.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, so definitely. Also announced earlier this week, uh, this weekend as well, Aric Morola would not return to SHR two, so we're seeing, I think we're seeing some of his final races. And um, also on that note, to Denny Hamlin, uh, he led the most laps in the Xfinity five hundred, and uh, still was unable to put anything through. Uh, to okay. get himself to through to the championship for another year again, where Denny Hamlin does not, um, does not come through for a championship. He does and not deliver. Ch- Chase Briscoe and Defending Series champion That's Joey Logano, they rounded out the top five finishers. Um, but yeah, with the NASCAR Championship 4 being set for Sunday's race at Martinsville Speedway, where we... We are able to see that uh, epic win. Uh, he was a Blaney fan. That was awesome uh, seeing him taking that checkered flag and clinching that. Will and Byron, who led the um, Cup Series with six wins this season, claimed the fourth and final spot on points after being the highest-ranked driver without a win he is in lucky. the third round.
1: That joined, he, they, uh, he did yes, not have a good race.
0: They joined Kyle Larson. Who won the round of eight opener at Vegas taking these past couple of weeks, getting set up for the final race? And Christopher Bell, who won last weekend's race at Homestead, Miami Speedway, as the four drivers who will race for the 2023 NASCAR Cup Championship at Phoenix. Denny Hamlin, Martin Turex Jr., Tyler Reddick, and Chris Busher were I almost said Chris Boucher. Oh my god. For Raphs you know, fans out there. Be. Uh <laughs> Where they were eliminated from championship contention. Blaney's victory at Martinsville was his third of the season. He held off our Almirola in the closing laps. At NASCAR's oldest and smallest track. And uh, the prize there is the best. Get, get that grandfather clock. He has that to, to his trophy room. But... It's not another downer, though, someone who won't be adding anything. Well, he said he's going to go for a win at Phoenix regardless. So, But with Hemlin finishing third on Sunday after a mechanical failure at Homestead, his points deficit was a pretty big. He had to win. So Busher finished eighth, Truex 12th, Byron 13th. And that was high enough for him to maintain an eight-point eight advantage over Hemlin. Um, Unless something bad happened to Byron and even something really bad, I don't think Hamlin would be able to get back at that point in the race, especially at the end of the race. kind of solidifies itself at one point. Uh, Hamlin had to win. So Byron uh, said at one point his helmet fan stopped working during the race and when he got out of the car after the race, we see this a lot sometimes, but not, you wouldn't think at Martinsville, it was a little warm this weekend, more warm than usual. Some record temperatures in Martinsville good, for this time yeah, of year. So
2: it was warm down that yeah. area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, Larson and Byron gave Hendrick Motorsports, uh, their, uh, entry into the final four. Bell is the Toyota going for Joe Gibbs and Blaney. Who's driving that blue over for Team Penske? That's what we're gonna be able to see there. Be maybe help Team Penske get a back-to-back for championships. Larson, the only driver in the field who is returning to the final four for a second time in three years. Bell is the back in the championship for his second consecutive year, and Blaney and Byron—they never race for a cup title, so they're they're going for their first. Uh, they're going for their first there and also side note here, Chevrolet winning the manufacturer title. Uh, but yeah, so going into the final four here, we got two first time championship four qualifiers, one past champion, three organizations representing all three manufacturers, the cup series, three most recent winners, Larson, Bell and Blaney in order. And the most recent Phoenix winner, Byron, who, uh, When in March, Uh, the average age for this is 28 years, 11 months and 25 days.
3: And I think that's only because Kyle Larson's a little older than everybody else.
0: We're going for one of the youngest ever here. Uh, uh, Byron is. That's cool. So for that matter, he's uh, it. You know, who's going to get this Bill France Cup Sunday, fellas? What do you guys think?
3: I'm hoping, I am I mean, I'm a Hendrick guy, I'm a Chevy guy, but I'm hoping Ryan Blaney brings home a trophy this weekend. I Ryan, agree. Blaney's my, Ryan Blaney's my dude. I agree.
2: I'm going with either Larson or Blaney myself.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I I. have a, a feeling that we're going to, I want to say Ryan, uh, you know it'd be cool, but I, it's going to be between Ryan and Larson. I just don't think uh, I, I don't think Bell or by um, or the other one uh, Byron have have the experience in that, and just while Bell's been there before, I just don't think that they they they're, they're going to do it. I just don't think they have it to be there at the end. I think like last year, Ryan should have been there. And I think he just had a real unlucky year, and um, so I think I think you're gonna see see Ryan and Larson battle it out for the win. I'd hope to see. You know what? Uh, just to throw a
0: wrench in there, and I, I as a fan, I want to see Blaney get it, but I'm gonna have to say, it'd be cool to see because because Byron won that spring race. Um, be cool to see if he if he wins that one. Win, even though, yeah, we did see some recent dominance from blaney at phoenix but for the most part phoenix has uh phoenix hasn't been really all that great for blaney so we'll we'll see what happens uh maybe we'll be doing some live tweeting and li- live social media messaging uh for this weekend
1: stick i'm hoping it's for- a better race we'll i'm hoping yeah, it should see be. a better race um
0: yeah, it uh, should be uh, right.
1: Like we saw a better Martinsville race, so I'm hoping we see a better Phoenix race. I hope it's for the win. Around. I
0: hope the win is. I hope it's for. Yeah, the, I hope the win of the race is for the championship. The
1: championship, uh, we, yeah, we yeah of course. See.
0: Let's go into dirt sheets as we have a couple minutes left here to wrap up the show. We have a couple things on slate. I just want to say as we're wrapping up the season and just uh, the rookie of the year for NASCAR Cup goes a certain way obviously as noah gregson was uh, suspended he is ineligible for the rookie of the year award so it by default went to ty you gibbs died. ty gibbs i think he would have gotten it anyways regardless yeah, but you know for a rookie and for his first season and, and especially for his performances in the other series you know like Arca Xfinity and the trucks. He's great in those series. He, he was just owning. We see his first season. I know he had a rough year last year, but we see his first season, uh, here. And it was, there's a lot of ups and downs. And I think for 2024, uh, we're going to hopefully see, uh, because last few races, we've seen improvement from Ty Gibbs for the last half season. He's been doing pretty good, especially at Texas and the road courses. But for the first half of the season, not so much. He had a couple top tens at uh, Dega Dover. But other than that, whether it would be bad luck or something was wrong with the car, he couldn't get it right, or just maybe a little bit of inexperience. Didn't, didn't see that uh, that ultimate season. I'm sure that he would have liked to have seen this year. Also...
1: What, what what do we
0: got? Let's look at the time. What's at the time? We got a couple of minutes. Well, we here. got
1: some. We got some rumblings in our in NASCAR Canada. Uh, Big changes coming. Up. Um, Big changes. Yeah, is coming pause, up. right. Um, that we're losing some tracks and we're gaining some tracks. Yeah. Let's not talk about tracks we're losing because we don't. We have got no confirmation. Theoretically, but
0: that, that could be gone or, or some tracks in Ontario uh, and maybe a spread to out me. to Quebec. Yeah, so that'd be that'd be cool to see if we could if we could think of a hypothetical situation where, um, maybe one of the a couple of the Ontario tracks can keep, keep a couple races because of the Olympics, it's going to be a little bit yeah. tight for the, the NASCAR Canadian series. So, and, and among other changes too uh, going on in the series, we're going to see a lot of driver changes as well, potentially coming up. So yeah. we're going to have more news on that in the next couple of months, especially as more confirmations come out. Uh, let's wrap it up here with this Mustang dark horse. This looks so cool. We got a minute left about uh, on the show. What are you guys thoughts on this? This this car uh, was unveiled at the, I think there was a uh, test at Daytona. And this is, a, there's a street car version of this that just came out. And I, I think Ford is trying to find their way to kind of, stick in the <laughs> combustion engine world. All that we're seeing for the dark horse as it stands apart from the current model of the Mustang is a sleek new nose on the front end of the Ford and a coupled with some character lines that stretch from the fender to the door. And that's something that all the manufacturers are trying to look for to get uh, as well as, um, going in, uh, as we're figuring out this gen seven car, uh, real quick, uh, just a piece of from each of you guys as we wrap it up here just a sentence or so
1: we got a minute yeah it looks good um it it's debuting at the club a lot of its graphic it, it's a yeah, lot of graphics yeah, so really? i don't know what to yeah. say about it really
2: yeah it's a good time to be a Ford Mustang fan. You got the Ford, yeah,
0: that blue oval,
2: the Ford tough. Ford cars, and then yeah, this new body for the Cup cars looks good. Uh,
0: we'll see. Uh,
3: prototyping and what we actually get on track is always different, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Mm. See you at the
0: Clash. Yeah. Well, that just about wraps it up for this edition. The Wide World of Motorsports coming at you every week on CFMH one hundred seven point three local FM in Saint John, New Brunswick. CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, and on the Performance Motorsports Network app on your smart device, as well as on-demand wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a line on social media at the WWOMS. And, uh, well, that just about wraps it up for this edition. I am James Jordan. Mike Wallace. The Eggman. And Damon.